Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 97. The podcast where we talk about photography, videography, and everything that's got anything to do with any of this. And in today's episode, this is a true first time for us uh, on the Camera Shake Podcast. Because not only... Um, no, sorry, no, did we distract no, no, no. you? <laughs> oh, we're not stopping now. You better carry oh, on. Because I'm not cutting this. Right, let's, see, let's see what we're done. We're in it now. No, 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 no. we're not cutting now. No, 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 we're staying. Anyway. Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast. No, no, no. We just told you we're not cutting. <laughs> what were we thinking when we thought it'd be a good idea to have a guest live on the show? I don't know. Were we drunk? <laughs> you should have picked well, we another should've. guest. Oh. One that Nick wasn't going to flirt with. Yay. So... Oh. <laughs> in today's special episode, this is a, this is a truly a first because um, usually, you know, you're, you're probably used to seeing to seeing Nick and myself, um, you know, uh, on the podcast. But today we have a special guest live in the studio with us, and it's none other than uh, Mr. Dave Williams. Hey, hang on, I hear no round of applause. I was expecting. I'll put it in later. <laughs> yes, I'll okay. put it in post. <laughs> yeah, hi. Yeah, that that with the the candle after track. We'll, we'll yeah, make just make it really bad. Make it really bad. <laughs> Dave, it's well, here really, I am. It's really good to have you on the show. We Looks we awkward. thought about it. Obviously, <laughs> uh, the last time we've seen you on the show was uh, back in August. Yep, in Wales. In yep. Wales, where we camped. Where we camped. Do you remember? I've blocked it out. <laughs> it's all very camp, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was thinking more along the lines of Nick um, sleeping on a rock in in the middle of the woods in Wales with obviously Bigfoot roaming free. Obviously, and, um, obviously, and it being his first ever camping experience. That's very true. And, and waking he's... up in the morning and Kay saying, "Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's pretty normal." I said, "That's not normal. There's nothing normal about what just happened last night." And I'm, I'm, I'm only talking about what I slept on. And that made it worse. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out after the tent goes down, Kay goes, Oh, yeah. Look at that. What you're sleeping on. You're sleeping on a massive rock. <laughs> yeah. And you had the nice lush green grass. Yeah. So, so the, the tent was pitched halfway across a trail. And whilst I was on the grassy side of the trail, you were like on the, like on, on the, the trail Rock, side boulders. of the trail. Yeah, and the boulders, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was It was fun. good, though. It was good. It was, good it, it was great. Mm, and today yeah. you are the, what, the meat between... The camera shake sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. Well, it's good. I mean, it's good to have you back on the show, but it's also, of course, good to have you back in the country. <laughs> well, I um, don't know. That's the thing. I'm back in the country, and I was not meant to be back no, in the country. Yeah. No. I was supposed to be somewhere around Turkey about now. But before right. we get there... Let's dial wow. back a little while because the right. last time you were on the show, you were actually preparing yeah. for your adventure. Yeah. Mm. So um, I was testing out the van that I built or kitted out, mm. um, uh, making sure everything was how I wanted and needed it to be in order to work as uh, an office and a home on wheels whilst I traveled the world. So yeah, that was that was where we left it here on your podcast so for those for those of you who haven't listened to um the previous episodes with dave on so you're a travel photographer yes and you literally travel, travel the world take photos in a van <laughs> yeah um so uh travel photography travel writing photography education um it, it's sort of a multifaceted job that i do um but yeah it, it can be on the road and i enjoy being on the road so i am on the road so i make sure i travel 
whilst I'm working and getting awesome views, uh, taking photos and making videos of all the places I go to. YouTube is something that I've started to dive into. I'm on episode 21 now. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. Of June 4th. Yeah. Um, and so it's great fun. To be honest, it's just it's great fun being me. But this isn't going to go on forever. It's definitely got shelf life. <laughs> definitely got a shelf life. But at the moment, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. While I figure out where I want to be, where I settle back into normal life, hmm. it's great. It's really good fun. I want to know what your favourite view ended up being from the van. Not outside the van. Favourite view from, from the, the van. van. Um. Top of top of a mountain. I can't remember the name of the mountain. This is bad. But you must have been naked and cross-legged. Then you could only had time. Uh, so, the, so I'm not, I'm just going to ignore that that happened. So, um, top of a mountain in the Faroe Islands, um, on the island of Skervoy, there was this mountain. I went up it a few times. It was so treacherous. Um, mm. This is November winter in the mid-atlantic north atlantic and uh so there was snow the road was icy it's not a maintained road because it just goes up to a satellite station thing on the top of this mountain but yeah up there absolutely cut off isolated 360 degree view fjords mountains everything epic so that yeah that's from being in the van and having that to look at that was pretty killer. So you build your van out uh, mm. to withstand literally Arctic climates because that was yeah. the whole point of your yeah. of your adventure, right? Yeah, because it was damn cold. Yeah, I got down to minus forty degrees, and you don't need to convert that from Celsius to Fahrenheit because that is the <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. That's the point that the two temperature scales meet minus forty. Now, because when we were in Wales um, last time, we did a full sort of walkthrough of the yeah. van. If you want to have a look at that, I'll put the link up here um, mm -hmm. for you for those of you listening on audio um just dive back into up the there. into the episodes and um you know and go back to the the coffee fanware episode i think it's going to be just out of shot so you base you build up this van yeah um with everything that you needed to basically to survive to survive basically, yeah because when you're in those sorts of temperatures and you're that isolated like it isn't like you are in the arctic and some of these places in iceland and literally in the middle of nowhere if it gets too cold you die mm. it's, it's really that simple that straightforward and that's not and on so i list. had to no. no it's not okay, okay. <laughs> so i had to make sure that i was ready for anything to happen and there was one time um, in Finland where it got too cold, too mm. cold for the van. And I had to take the van into a workshop, into a garage mechanic, and um, just say, look, can I just put the van in there for like wow. six hours? Yeah. To, to warm it up, thaw it out, because it was, it was frozen. The oh, fuel Christ. lines were freezing. The fuel filter, because the... F so diesel um, gels up. When it gets too cold, it turns like gel. Um, mm even when it has additives that stop it from freezing. And then when that gelled up diesel goes through the system, it screws with the fuel filter. Um, it doesn't it doesn't ignite anyway because it's diesel, but it doesn't burn like it's supposed to. And so you have all these problems. And so, um, and also the, the heater that I have in the back of the van runs on diesel. So it, the mm -hmm. same thing happens in there. So it got so cold 
for such a long period of time in Finnish Lapland that I had to take it into a garage just for a few hours to warm it back up, to defrost the van. It was that mm. cold. And this is, this is with everything that I'd already done. The oil, all the fluids in the engine were all rated to Arctic conditions. Obviously, I'm using just pure fluids, no diluted fluids, because the water would have changed things quite dramatically. And um, all the way around, I've got insulation, 50 millimeters worth of insulation um, and thermal blinds, thermal curtains. Everything is in on my side when it comes to protecting myself from the cold. It was just that cold. I had to get rid of the van for six hours to warm it back up. See, I normally, I never Unreal. use antifreeze in my windscreen wiping fluid. I usually just use dishwasher, you know, dishwasher liquid. Mm. That wouldn't work there. No, no, it wouldn't. I, I had... Because you're cheap. I had six weeks where I didn't have <laughs> the ability to clean my windscreen. Right. Wow. Because it was just frozen. That all the lines were frozen. Mm. And then in that same six weeks, I also didn't turn the heater off. So the heater, the diesel heater that heats up the back of the van, that was running constantly for six weeks, mm. day and nice. night. What would that cost you in today's uh, diesel prices? <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe I saw I saw diesel at one seventy three a liter, which is something around for international people. It was something around twelve to thirteen dollars per gallon for that mm. today. That's crazy. Is that gonna Is that gonna have an impact on your future travel plans? Better not. I mm. hope not. If it If it stays around there, no. It's going to have a bit of a bearing, but no, essentially no. But if it goes way up, if it imagine it passes two pounds a litre. Yeah, probably will. It probably will, let's be honest. Um, then, yeah, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. You know, we had the first petrol riots when it hit 70p. Yeah. yeah. Years ago, yeah. if you remember that. Yeah. I wasn't old enough for that, but... Yeah, I, I, remember. I remember when I, when I <laughs> passed my driving test, it was like 75 to 80p a litre. Hmm. And then when it got hmm. to like 90p crazy now it's double so when i first moved to the uk in like in the mid 90s 96 or something it was literally like 50, 50 yeah 50, around the 50p mark or mm -hmm. something like that and i remember going to the gas station like putting in a fiver and i'd be fine you know now mm. like you barely get off the forecourt yeah with five yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of gas in your, in your car. The, the thing is i've just been to the most expensive places in the world for diesel mm. so iceland norway here are the top three mm. most expensive places for diesel. And even so, with everything that's going on, we've surpassed all of those high record prices. Mm. It's crazy. I'll tell you what, like the Faroe Islands, in the the remote middle of nowhere Faroe Islands, you'd think the fuel would be really expensive. That was the cheapest place. Did, didn't right. they invent diesel or something? Did they invent diesel? <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is they're making their own, like... No, they, um, <clears throat> no, like biodiesel or something. No, would be cool. <laughs> I wonder if I can power the van on chip fat. Do you remember? That was a thing. That was a it? thing. Yeah. That was, that was absolutely. It's very back to the future. Mm. Not very good for your diet, of course. It's probably mm. not good for my diesel heater, which is <laughs> off the same tank. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so so you set you set off in November. November the ninth. Right, and 8th. then November the eighth, I got on the Euro tour, yeah. and then you, you literally did a tour. Like you went from the UK yep. to Denmark. Yeah, so I, I crossed the Channel Tunnel into France, turned left, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, stayed in the Netherlands for the night, shot the windmills in the morning. Oh, I remember that. Near shot. Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. 
Did the Dutch tilt? Hey, in Holland. Mm -hmm. Don't know what you mean. Hey, then drove up through Germany, Denmark, got a ferry over to the Faroe Islands. Mm -hmm. I was there for about eight days. Yeah. Got another ferry to Iceland. By the way, just if you were considering it, I would not recommend getting a ferry over the Atlantic for 24 hours at a time in winter. I had all the intentions of getting so much work done on my laptop on the ferry. <laughs> and then it was just like this the oh, whole way. And no. it, it doesn't, I wasn't sick or anything, but it was just so nauseating mm. and so uncomfortable that I just couldn't focus on my laptop. Mm. So I sat there with Netflix and sleeping each time. Anyway, yeah. over to Iceland, two weeks back to Denmark, another ferry to Norway, drove up, drove into Sweden. I got pulled over in Norway, actually, that night. They were like, what are you doing? Driving. Driving. <laughs> I mean, no one else was driving. Where are you driving? <laughs> it was like 2 a.m. I was like, I'm just trying to get as far north as I can while I'm still awake. Mm. So they pulled me over. They just couldn't get their head around. Like, why are you driving? It's dark. It's nighttime. <sighs> that's uh, that's how um, how different it is over there, over mm -hmm. here. Like, it, nothing really stops in the UK, does it? Because there's mm. Unless you live in the months, middle of nowhere. So. And the, well, yeah. <clears throat> but unless you live in the middle of nowhere in a little village, life just carries on constantly 24 7, mm. especially in the big cities. Yeah. yeah. Whereas over there, it's back to like the 80s and 90s, where before all of that really, <clears throat> really started to happen. It's a better way of life by far. When you're getting pulled over because they're wondering why you're driving, that's good. Isn't that <laughs> yeah, a good thing? Yeah, as a former copper, that's then yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have a chat and off, off you go. So, yeah. anyway, and then drove into Sweden up um, to Kiruna, Swedish Lapland. Um, basically, I'm just going to quickly summarize the whole thing for mm -hmm. you. Why not while we're here? Um, Swedish Lapland and then into Finnish Lapland up towards Kilpisjärvi, which is on the border with Norway, crossed into Norway. By the way, at all of these borders that I'm crossing, one COVID check so far, which was entering Iceland. Interesting. Everything else, yeah. Um, uh, into Norway and then up to the Lofoten Islands, was there around Christmas, and then Senja back down to Denmark again, so down through Finland, Sweden, into Denmark. Flew over to Iceland, spent five or six days there, and then we get to the bit where I'm sure you've got questions. I mean, I'm sure you've got questions already anyway, but the bit about why I'm back in the UK comes next, mm -hmm. where I drove down to Croatia and then felt oh, uncomfortable. That's, that's, that's the same country that's been invaded, right? According to <laughs> according to Diane Abbott, yeah. yeah. When, those <laughs> when those tanks rolled into Croatia. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> we're an embarrassment of a country. Uh, well, I don't know, Sleepy Joe... <laughs> Who okay, thinks yeah, they, all right. He thinks we're an embarrassment invaded, of a country. He thinks they've invaded Iran. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I ended up um, oh. driving around Eastern Europe, um, feeling a little bit out of place in a green van, noticing mm. a lot of military movement around me and hearing all the news about what was going on. And so I came back, essentially. Mm. But there, there was more to it than that. But anyway, I, I feel like I'm just describing a route to you. So <laughs> We like the route. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> did... I mean, there's so many questions that you, know, that you could ask. I mean, first of all, you know, I remember us talking about your your travel plans back in August, yeah. and uh, and then of course they um, they started to change, yeah, um, quite a bit. Um, 
were those changes like spontaneous or did you sort of alter your planning beforehand? Um, the, the, the first bit went entirely to plan. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, when I crossed into Norway, I was originally going to spend a lot more time in the south of Norway, but I wanted to get up to the top to see some friends. So mm -hmm. I just, I just did. Yeah. I just went. Because you can. Yeah. So I went up, um, saw Oddbetter, um, met a few new friends as well. Spent a load of time chasing the Northern Lights. Um, there was loads of Northern Lights in, in my videos, I'm sure you saw. Mm. Um, so I got loads of cool photos as well. But yeah, no, the, the, the plan was... The plan was quite dynamic anyway. Mm. Because the plan originally involved going to Ukraine. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. um, with Russell from Adobe um, flying me over to Iceland, that changed the plan as well. That changed the route. There was just, it was all dictated by what I wanted to do, weighed up against what was going to make me money, make me, you know, what was going to give me good content. Mm. So obviously it is, at the end of the, however you look at it, at the end of the day, it's a business. Mm. I need to make the right kind of content that's going to sell, that's going to, if it's not going to sell, that's going to point people to places where I'll make money elsewhere, be it through writing blog posts or whatever, whilst still trying to build a YouTube channel, because hopefully that will be another yeah. monetization option. Well, see, I mean, this, this is actually mm. just one of the, uh, probably one of the most common questions that, that I've gotten, mm. um, you know, whenever I like talk about what, what you do, is like, how do you, like, how do you finance that? Like, how do you make money? Mm. You know, how do you survive financially mm -hmm. when you're on a trip like that mm. um and you've just given us a really good example of of how to yeah i mean works. everything i do i do is <laughs> but i don't do that <laughs> um everything i do is is based around it being a business about making money so because obviously i need to pay the bills i'll, I'll be honest i don't have a lot of bills to pay <laughs> yeah but i have to pay my fuel mm. I have to pay my phone bills and my internet and all that sort of stuff. And obviously I need to save some money because there is a bigger plan at the end of all of this. So it is about making money, but um, all I'm doing is I'm making money in a way that makes me happy now versus a way that just literally paid the bills. In my past life, I was working to pay bills and I was paying bills to go to work. You know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. just a big loop and it was, it's not good for the soul. It's just the way that life is. And generally people just accept that that's the way that life is. You go and you get a good job and so you can afford a big house and you're not happy because in order to pay for your big house, you go into work all the time, but you're not happy at work. Anyway, there's this, there's, that's a whole different subject. So now I'm making the money that I need in order to live and save some. And I'm very, very, very happy doing it. I can go where, more or less, where I want and see what I want to see. Uh, I dictate the schedule, and I just work around all the contracts that I have, really. So certain magazines and and tutorials that I need doing, and websites that I write for. That's where it's focused around. Everything mm -hmm. else, all the other sources of income, can come off the back of where I am and what I'm doing. Now you've been through you know, a few months of doing uh, what you've spent a long time planning. Hmm. How, 
how have your ex have your expectations been met? Hmm. Let me tell you, first off, that all these sexy pictures of van life you see, whether they're parked over <laughs> they're parked over the beach or over a like horseshoe bend or the Grand Canyon and there's all these like neutral and light tones on all the stuff in their perfectly tidy van. Well, you were in the van earlier. It's not. It was. <laughs> it was comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's clearly lived in. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Smelt so, lived in. Joking. <laughs> so the 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 van life dream that people see on social media is not real at no. all. And if you look carefully across YouTube, you'll find a lot of people admitting it. And showing videos of what it's really like and how untidy the van is. And even then, they've tidied the van up to make it untidy for the video. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Um, so, yeah, van life is not like that. Oh, I saw a meme the other day, actually. And it, it was um, the top half of the picture was 1970. And it was something like, um, if you don't work hard, you'll end up living in a van down by the river and then the bottom <laughs> half was 2022 it said if you want to live down by the river in a van it's going to cost you this that and that and you know 220 grand for a van <laughs> and this sort of stuff like how everything's changed the mm. living in a van is is the dream now versus like the punishment mm. or mm. The, a measure of failure mm. 30 40 50 years ago so yeah and i said earlier about bills to pay mm-hmm there is no bills to pay because my my electric that charges my phone and my camera batteries and my laptop comes from the sun. It's free. And so I pay a little bit of food bills and my fuel, my diesel, and my phone and my internet. That's disgusting. So my total bills is a couple of hundred, not a grand. That's weird. amazing. So, so that's for the, weird. For those of you outside the UK... Um, I don't know what's going on with your energy prices and whatnot, but in two weeks' time, three weeks' time, three weeks, yeah, all the energy prices in the UK are about to go up forty percent on average. How much are no. your energy prices going to go up, no, Dave? No percent. Uh, <laughs> well, but, I mean, you know, you did, the diesel prices have gone up. Oh, diesel's gone up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's it's gone up across the board. You kind of. I've seen some people recently in, in forums and groups on Facebook and stuff talking about fuel prices saying, I don't really care because I need it. So what, whatever price it is, I'm going to buy it. So yeah. I try just to ignore it because it, it's a necessity. Yeah. I'm not going to make in myself return, unhappy that, you know, thinking about diesel. No, uh, I mean, in return, that'll, that'll lead to, um, you know, petrol companies just hiking the price yeah. up. You know, without any limits. But let's be honest, it's going to go up anyway. Way. When everyone's got an electric car and there's less less demand, the price will be up anyway. Yeah, and, and the true. most governments around the world are projecting to do that within the next 15 years or so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Which is why I got my diesel car a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'll get my 10 years out of it. Hybrid, that's what I'm saying. And I'll move on when, when they're actually worth buying, Kay. Mm. Well, you know. But I mean, that's, you know, no, that no, is one of skim over that. But the thing is, like, you know, <laughs> you know, but fuel prices are, you know, and, and car insurance and everything. My, my car insurance has, has nearly doubled from like one one year to the next. Okay. Okay. So 
I can probably safely say this now. That has nothing to do with uh, with any speeding tickets I may or may not have. It hasn't because brilliant. Um, yeah. Anyway, but um, you know, but that that just, was a just note that it was plural what you just said. Well, it was that was a direct um, contributor to you know to our decision as a family to move from having two cars to just being a one car family it was mm-hmm. was the cost of motoring. You know, and of course, during the pandemic, also the fact that we had two cars, you know, on the drive, mm. sit and do nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and us paying for it, you know, we're thinking like, well, we don't have to do that. And, you know, and then just realizing that we could probably actually get away with, you know, just having one car. And then the question is, well, if that's possible, then why do you need two cars? And why should you, you know, run two cars? And, you know, um, and then, you know, we thought like, well, seeing that we're, you know, moving down to only having one car, why don't we get a car that's environmentally friendly at the same time, i.e. Mm-hmm. a hybrid at, at that point? Um, you, don't need, dri- you don't need to convince me. You don't need to convince many people. No, just this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, no, but that was, you know, but it was, you know, ultimately it was like, okay, you know, <laughs> the price of motoring is, is going through the roof. And, yeah, and actually, it is. you know, we don't really need it that much. And it is true to say, I mean, it's fair to say that there have been, you know, uh, quite a few um, situations where it would have been easier to have two cars. But, you know, overall, if every time, I mean, if every time when we have to be in two different places at the same time and, you know, and when we would like, you know, we would need another car if if on, at every one or on, on every one of those occasions we would hire an Uber or even hire a car for the day, we'd still be cheaper mm-hmm. off, or, mm-hmm. you know, it would still be less expensive than to actually own a car outright. And, you know, when you, when you think of it Cars that way. Cars are just money burners. They yeah. depreciate mm-hmm. so fast. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if you own it, you lose your money. If you lease it, you're paying someone else for a car. That's not your, you yeah. know, it's not your car. You're not, you're paying for nothing, basically. So it's, you know. No investment. It's ultimately, you know, you're, you're paying, for us, it turned out to be that, you know, uh, having two cars is less of an inconvenience, mm. but there's a price tag to mm. that. And so, you know, we figured, okay, you know, I mean, it was, it was a test at first mm. and then you know, we decided to try it for six months, see how it goes, you know, and if it really doesn't work out, then we'll just get another car again. Mm. It's no big deal. But, um, it turns out it actually works really very well because it is just a matter of arranging yourselves, mm. you know, well, the van. 10-year-old, 12-year-old van, 5,000 pounds. The cost of fitting it out was about seven. So it's 12,000 pounds. And I reckon I could sell it for 20. Mm. So that's, I'm up. (laughs) Don't know about you guys. (laughs) Why why don't we just do that? Don't even have to live in it. Just sell it. It's a big business. Camera shake mobile. It was a lot of effort though, wasn't it? It was. You put a lot of time. Three and... solid months, and then another three. You know, finishing off months. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I still think six months in a project like that is that is really that's astonishing. Mm. You know, if you think about it, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that in six months. I wouldn't have been able to do that in six years, by the way. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> so um, it's done pretty well. It's done thirteen thousand miles. Mm. You know, since I've had it, it's done two hundred and thirty something overall. Gone all over Europe, all up into the Arctic. It's done really well. Oh, you've really, you've really driven it in in some really extreme conditions oh, yeah. as well. So terrible wind, thick snow. So, what was the worst 
condition that that you found yourself in? Um, there's there's actually quite a few. So I don't know about the worst. There's just lots of there were lots of bad ones. In um in Norway in the Lofoten Islands, mm. there was a period of about forty eight hours where I just couldn't move because the wind was so strong. Hurricane force wind for for two days straight. Mm. Christ. Um, so I had to just park and just sit there and wait. And uh, I didn't plan that very well, so I didn't have loads of food and stuff. So I was just sort of keeping myself busy eating, you know, junk food because I didn't plan properly. Um, and when I could finally move, I was the place I'd found to stop was on the edge of a, on the side of a mountain. It was it was a pullout, a proper road lay layby. Um, but I was just getting battered by the wind. The snow was falling so thick that I'd clear, I'd get out and quickly clear the van off so that if I needed to move, I could. And then 10 minutes later, there'd be a big thick pile of snow on it. Mm. Christ. But then in Iceland, there was, um, have you ever been to Iceland? No. No. So on the South coast of Iceland, there's, um, Lots of mountains, but there's also lots of plains. They're glacial floodplains. So they're huge, flat expanses where the water runs off the glaciers when they flood, the Jokudla, mm -hmm. floods off into the sea. And so there's these big, flat areas. One of them is called Skaftafell, which is sort of halfway up the southeast coast. And I found myself there during an Arctic storm with, again, hurricane-force winds, but we're talking... I think it was like 100 and, 110, 120 mile an hour winds or something, gusting. And with no cover, nowhere to hide on a big flat area with volcanic ash and gravel, I couldn't figure out which way to point the van, mm. whether to point it facing it. So, But then I've got the windscreen with the stones flying through the air, so I turned around the other way. And this storm raged all through the night. I was struggling to get to sleep. When I did finally get to sleep, I remember like waking up in a panic. Something obviously made a loud noise or something because I jumped out of the bed and flew through the van into the driver's seat, ready hello, right. ready to um ready to go. And it was all because of the noise and the ferocity of this storm. Wow. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Was it Bigfoot? Well, it wasn't Bigfoot. There's no Bigfoot in Iceland. What's wrong with you? Oh, is it a Yeti? <laughs> yeah. Um Come on, Kate. So, yeah, I mean, there, there were some real bad conditions hmm. in terms of ice and snow and wind, but it's the Arctic. That's that's how it is. And that's why I had those massive wheels with, hmm. you know, big meaty tires. So how, how did the van perform out of those conditions? I mean, it, was it like, because I know you prepped and prepped and prepped yeah. and you did lots of, you know, test runs and all the rest of it, but when it actually came to it. It was so scary. How did how did the van actually perform? <laughs> the like, van did a great job considering it's a two-wheel drive enormous van. Hmm. Um when the wind come in from the side, it's essentially a sail and you hmm. you're getting blown. Hmm. And there were several times where the, the van was being pushed sideways on the road. Especially in Iceland and Norway, where um by the coast you get ridiculously strong winds and icy roads the the van was going sideways um the there was a couple of times where i literally just had to stop mm. because if i was going forwards i was going like that um yeah I, in general the van performed amazingly 
considering everything like that. Mm. I wasn't running studded tires either. Mm. Wow. I should have, but it was not practical to actually change the tires over. So I had tires that are snow and ice rated mounting in the snowflake on the on the tire wall. And uh, yeah, no, I, it was just, there were points where it was scary. Mm. Um, thinking, am I going to go off the road here? But it did really well. Mm. well I did we... get stuck in the snow once. You did? I did. Just dig my way out. I was going for coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> the Northern Lights went um, crazy this one night in Iceland. I, I was in Vik, which is on the <laughs> south coast. And I, I drove towards Skogafoss, um, shot the Northern Lights on the way and at Skogafoss. Drove back to Vik because my plan was to continue east the next day so i was going to park near school beans cafe which is a, a, a converted american yellow school bus that's a coffee mm. shop mm-hmm. and so i was going to park near there because i know their coffee is amazing and um so i i turned in but i turned in on the wrong road in vic and there's there's like there's only a couple of roads in this whole town and i turned onto one that they just didn't clear properly and i thought the van will be all right it's fine it was a lot thicker than i thought it was it sort of dipped <laughs> down so it's about two in the morning and I'm stuck on this road and the van just won't move. So I had to get out, get the nice. chains on, get the spade out, dig the van out of the mm. snow, make a load of noise, probably wake up half the town and then go back to the other road. Unfortunately, when I woke up the next morning, I got a nice message on Instagrams from the cafe saying, wakey, wakey, coffee's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I did get stuck. Yeah. That wasn't part of the plan oh that's not pleasant <laughs> but that's why i have chains and a shovel and everything in the back because yeah. i knew it was going to happen sooner or later luck's going to run out mm. <laughs> for all the um planning mm. that you did to build the van and to make it as robust as possible i'm gonna hazard a guess that over the last few months as things have cropped up we think I wish I'd done that differently or I wish yeah. I'd added this. I wish yeah. I'd not done that. And yeah. anything in particular? Um, I wish I had a desk. A desk. Oh, yeah. Desk. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Practically, I don't have anywhere to put one because of the positioning of everything, the window and the door and everything. But I wish I had a desk to sit at and do my work rather than I've got like a little lap desk and I've got a swivel called a lagoon table like they have on boats that swivels around mm-hmm. but it's just not the same as being sat at a desk mm-hmm. maybe i'll address that i don't know and the bed you know how high the bed is yeah yeah was, i like high, i it, like yeah. that it's like the top of a bunk but, bed yeah mm-hmm. i like that but i don't it's a way off the space that i've got underneath the bed to keep all the extra bits and pieces is awesome and the fact that I can see out the skylight because it's so high up is awesome. But then if I dropped it a bit, then I could use the bed as like a couch as well. And perhaps put a desk in where the couch is. Mm. Mm. So I'm I'm not unhappy with the design I mm. went for, but I don't know, maybe. 
I think uh, often it is it's like any apartment that you move into you put your furniture in, you yeah, get yeah. live in there for a little while and then, and then you you're gonna move it around again yeah yeah, yeah. probably actually, probably in the middle of the night when you're like i've got an idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's what, what i keep saying to nick all the time you know we should just leave this table set up so that you know <laughs> we just turn things on and we make things yeah. a lot easier yeah, it would wouldn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. light too yeah yeah why not yeah, leave it's there. beautiful um the skylight is something i actually i said i've wondered about um, quite a lot because you've built this, you put this skylight in just over your bed. Yeah. So like you said, you can basically lie in bed and look at the stars and everything. Yeah. And that's all well and, you know, well and good when it's like, you know, it's August and it's all nice and warm and whatever. But when you're in minus 40, yeah, like that skylight. And there's northern lights above your head. Yeah. Through the skylight. But that skylight's going to be. amazing. But it also has to be freezing as hell. No, it's fine. Thermal blind on the skylight. Mm. The skylight is double glazed. Oh, is it? Okay. And the van's got a heater. Oh, it's okay. fine. The draft comes in from the side window. Right, okay. Because hmm. that's single glazed, just hmm. a normal van window with a slidey opening bit. Right. That's the problem. But how did you fix that? I haven't. Just put the blind down and hope for the best. Right. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know what would be involved. It's this. I don't know if I'd be able to fix it. I don't think there's any seal or anything. You could probably get like a piece of fabric to plug the gaps. I don't know. We see, it's not that bad that I need to fix yeah. it. What we to be do, honest, you need ventilation, don't you? You need yeah. ventilation, Especially yeah. if you're going to get condensation, you want the air to yeah. be able to come in and clear yeah. that. So that's, yeah, it's yeah. fine. I remember like um, when, you know, we used to have a, a rehearsal room when I, was a, when I was a kid and we'd make these like, like a fake frame with, um, lots of like foam inside and then we'd basically just pop that on the window and it would right. you know <laughs> it would basically address the, the sound issue but i guess some similar could probably work yeah probably work um thermals as well as acoustic mm. could be the don't same worry the, the wind will find its way through and give you a yeah, nice exactly. whistle instead <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> fix that problem it's going to find another way in yeah uh, cool so um all right, so what, what were the absolute highlights? Like what was, uh, you know, out of all of the countries that you went to, all the places that you've seen, what was the absolute like mega highlight of the whole trip? Being, so Iceland is my favorite place on earth. Mm. Being there in my own van, which is my own home right now mm. for a few weeks and exploring and being able to just go where I want, when I want and Doing all that sort of stuff is awesome. But then similarly, the same thing in Norway, second favorite place on the planet. Spending the entire Christmas, New Year up there with the Northern Lights in the snow and the mountains and the beautiful skies. That was the whole reason I wanted to do this is because I wanted to, I wanted to just be there for as long as possible to get as many Northern Lights pictures and videos as possible. Mm. And which is also why I want to eventually live there mm. in one of these places. Or Canada. Mm. Um, so yeah, highlight is is achieving that. Mm. Um, which means I need now I've achieved it, I need to set another goal. Yeah, exactly. And still figure out there's other things going on, but we'll you know, we'll see that. Yeah. Well you you spoke of um, Northern Lights, and of course for those of you who, who are listening and don't know this, you've actually written a book about how to photograph northern lights yep and um so that's on its second edition mm. it's called the complete aurora guide for travelers and photographers 
there's actually another one coming out, which is going to be the Northern Lights Guides Handbook. Right. So how a Northern Lights Guide um, can interpret weather, space weather, to find the Northern Lights. So if anyone's interested, that's mm-hmm. going to be coming out. Amazing. Um, but yeah, um, the Northern Lights are addictive. Crazy addictive. See, I mean, the thing is, I, I always thought like, I, I always thought that it was very difficult to predict when and where and how strong and for how long Northern Lights yeah, yeah. would appear. So, and I know because I've been following your, your I've, travel, typically. I've, I've got it all sussed. Yeah, you've got so a really I, good I system. Can, I can go, they're going to be out now and they're going to stop now. Yeah. And it, it there's so much data involved in figuring out how to do that. Mm. But it was cool because Oddpeter, my friend in Lofoten Island, he's a Northern Lights guide. Mm. And he was asking me when the Northern Lights are going to be there. Excellent. <laughs> And that's not because he's bad at it by any stretch, but it's because I've figured it all out. So yeah, there is, um, there's a lot we don't know about the Northern Lights. Don't get me wrong. I don't know everything, but because there's just, there's a whole load of stuff. We don't know why it happens or how it happens. We just know that it does, but the Northern Lights are addictive. But I mean, how, how do you, how do you predict where they're going to be and how? and, and That's when they're going to be? That's a whole different hmm. episode. That's it's not, like I mean, I'm guessing hours of stuff. I, I'm guessing it's not like you, you know, you drink a cup of coffee, you, you look at the you, bottom of the cup and you go, oh, well. You need to know what's happening on the sun. Right. And what intensity and what speed and what, how much stuff there is coming from the sun when there's a coronal mass ejection, which hmm. is plasma, which is um, helium that's on the sun, that's not liquid or gas, it's plasma, it's another state of matter, flying through space, what speed or what density, what power, is it um, positive or negative? And then figuring out that data from visuals of the sun, combined with data from satellites in space, predominantly from one called Discover, Mm. and then what's happening on the Earth, the Earth's magnetic field, the position and strength of the Earth's magnetic field, the polarity, what's going on in the atmosphere, what gases it's going to hit, where it's going to hit, all down to, even down to precise things like that mountain over there is made of granite, which is going to affect the Earth's magnetic field if the if the corona is coming this way right now. That's the level of detail it's at. Somebody made so that. So there's like a whole, this is, <laughs> if you want to know, you can buy a book. I'll make an audio version for you. There we go. <laughs> there we go. What, what we need is an There's app. so much. We, yeah. just, we just need an app. I'd like a Dave Williams app, please. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even the app would, um, like, it's hard to do that. There's so There are a lot of Northern Lights apps, and a lot of them will ping up a notification saying, look out the window in 15 minutes. It's wrong. The data's wrong. Mm. It, I know what it, I'm looking at the graphs and saying, I know why you did that but actually this bit of data doesn't add up mm. to it actually happening. Yeah. And you've got north, south, and even lateral. This is so much. There's too much. Wow. Change the subject. Wow. Too much. <laughs> Let's <laughs> stick with Northern fun. Lights for a second. It's going to get very technical if I get if I actually get in the zone. So you've, t- obviously, over the many years now, you've taken some awesome photos of the Northern Lights. Thank you. Oh, very welcome. Um did you manage to top any of those on this trip? And Are you conversely, yeah. did you manage to stuff any up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those things. Awesome. Um, so a bucket list shot of mine is um, 
again in the Lofoten Islands, there's a, if you go almost to the end, so you're going towards Reina, Sacrosoya, Hamnoia, there's a, there's a big fjord that you drive around. And at the end, the southern tip of the fjord, there's a little town, little fishing, Rorbu location called uh, Nusfjord. And the road to Nusfjord, Nusfjordven, there's a mountain that curves up in a U-shape. And the road goes straight at this mountain. So you get peaks and then a U-shape. And the first time I saw that, the first time I went to Norway, to Lofoten, I thought, that's perfect for framing, for composition, for the leading line of the road. I'd want the Northern Lights there. But the Northern Lights have to be really good and really strong. Mm -hmm. And the Northern Lights, while I was there, were really good and really strong. Excellent. And so I got the bucket list shot of um, the aurora at the end of the road behind the mountains at Nusfjordvein. But those Northern Lights were like top three I've ever seen. Um, wow. I, I, I can't quite put the top three in the right order because they were so good and so strong. But <laughs> what was that? Bedtime reminder. <laughs> bed, bed, bed. Hayes watch saying that he needs to go to bed go at 14 minutes past 10. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, where was I? <laughs> so, it, the, yeah, the uh, I got that bucket list shot. But also, as with every, because we're, we know, Working professional, whatever photographers, photographers who teach photography, still get stuff wrong. All the and time. I, mm -hmm. I, I, when I'm shooting the Northern Lights, I'm using usually a 14 to 24 millimeter lens f 2.8, so it's wide and it's wide open, so I get the whole sky. And I set manual focus before I start shooting, and then I um, lock it in quite simply by tying sellotape or gaffer tape around the lens barrel, okay, so that I can't move the focal ring, mm -hmm. focusing ring. I obviously somehow managed to move the focusing ring while I was getting a shot in uh, Reno where I've got the mountains, this nice, beautiful triangular-shaped mountain as part of it. The town and some bridges all lit up, the moon shining over the mountain, the water in the foreground. It was like there was loads going on in this shot. It was awesome. And on the preview screen on the back of the camera, it looked awesome. It looked epic. Hmm because it's a tiny little preview screen. Mm. And then when I got it on the computer, I had obviously not the focusing ring and it was wrong. But I fixed it with Topaz Labs, Sharpen AI, Ooh. not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that good. That software, Great, yeah. that software is really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So mm. it's, it's literally so, saved an image that's completely out of focus. And yeah. it's... It and it gets, it's, it's, it's actually done. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the best sharpening ever. I can't. Or, it's uh, plugging it's it up. Crazy. Course, so so mm. somehow with one shot, you managed to get one of your best images ever. And it was, that were they, yeah, they were both the same night. <laughs> How funny! Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I can't recommend enough. If you want to go see the Northern Lights, the place to go see them with like the best rate of the Northern Lights is Florida Islands. Wow. I was seeing them six out of six out of every seven nights. That's amazing. Mm. And although obviously they're not really really strong every night, they're there. You mm. see them. Well, hopefully we can get a couple of these shots from from you, Dave, and we'll pop these up in the in in YouTube video. Definitely, if we can get the uh, the wrong ones, the wrong ones, yeah, that'd be right. great. <laughs> so at yeah. this point, show a little bit what software can do when you are in a pinch yeah. and you've uh, got to produce this photo still. Yeah. And you can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got something that can actually help you and get out of that little little hole. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Definitely. Crap. And it, although that it saved it enough to make it 
usable. I mean, I don't know about printing it, printing it big, selling it or anything like that, but in order for, for social media or, you know, for my personal memories, it's more than good enough. Yeah. Mm. Clever stuff. There's a huge difference between having a picture on, you know, like a seven and a half inch screen yeah. compared to having it printed, you know, yeah, yeah, on the wall for sure. But no, Topaz is Maybe um, I should print it. Just, amazing. You know, just to see. Just to mm. see. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Do it. I should do that. Yeah. So yeah, the answer though is yes, that happened. I got a really good picture and a really bad picture, but then the really bad picture got saved. I know that there were occasions where we talk about your uh, your, your van's troubles in mm. those kind of clients, but yeah. there were occasions when your camera you also yeah, started yeah. packing. Yeah. Also minus forty. It's uh, people. So how do I just explain this? When you get to zero degrees C. 32 Fahrenheit. Everything starts to feel the same mm. from there down to about minus 20. Everything just feels it's cold. Mm. Without wind and without humidity, it just all feels the same. Whereas when you go above zero, when there is a lot of humidity and you get lots of wind and stuff, that can often feel colder. But when you get below minus 20, down to this minus 40 number, it's just ridiculous. Like around here, mm. across your nose, mm -hmm. your forehead just hurts. It's just hurt. Your ears feel like they're going to fall off. Your fingers feel like they're going to fall off. It's just so damn cold. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our camera gear is rated to about minus 10. Batteries are no good in the cold. Lithium ion batteries, no good in the cold at all. And so I had so many times where like the camera screen just started doing weird stuff. Mm. A menu would appear like, the, <laughs> like, like as if I'd pressed a button and, but it would just appear, but I could still also still see the image through the lens at the same time. How weird. Or I'd, oh my God. You know, you'd press a button and then three or four seconds later, it would do the thing that you yeah. pressed. My camera gear is just no good in the cold. Um, batteries, you got to keep them close to your body because if you don't keep them warm, they just, they're just gone. Mm. So I, if I'm doing Northern Lights time lapses in those temperatures, I'm changing the batteries constantly. Are you trying to be discreet? Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Did it work? Just do it. Just, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's hard work. Mm. More importantly than the van and the, and the camera gear you have to look after yourself in the, those temperatures mm. i can't stress enough how stupid minus 40 degrees is and as we know i can't handle the cold because i can't. was wearing gloves earlier when we we're outside <laughs> and i was just wearing a jumper we're in berkshire <laughs> it's not it's like eight or nine degrees c yeah. seven he's in a parker with a big fairy hood <laughs> he's got his gloves on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean oh. you know I remember, I remember those days like i remember like minus 20 you know minus 25 yeah. um and i remember like going out you know back in the day like taking a dog out mm -hmm. um and you know you wrap a scarf around your face because it's so flipping cold mm. but of course the second you exhale all of that yep breath starts freezing and so by the time you get back in scarf, it's yeah. all solid and then your, your scarf sticks to your skin and you literally have to like rip it off your skin and, mm. and yeah i'm not 
icicles, icicles on your eyelashes. That's... Oh, icicles inside oh, your nose. My... Like, oh, yeah, when no, you that's nose horrible. Every... That is horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> that is like little spikes inside of your nose because all year. Are we going to have to go and do an Arctic? Yeah, <laughs> episode. <laughs> <Okay>, horrible. <laughs> Just for Nick. Yeah. Like, come and look at this, Nick. Yeah. So I'm an Arctic virgin and a, a camping virgin. Yeah. The thing is, like, you know, all your like your nose hair is literally frozen inside. Mm. It's solid, and you just do this, and it's literally like you're poking little needles inside yeah. your nose. Yeah. Oh man. Like crunchy nose. I, oh, don't, I don't. God. I don't miss it. <laughs> Why do this to yourself? <laughs> you have no choice here sometimes. That's the thing. The, yeah. the the difficult thing is like, I, I, in fact, I got my hand stuck to my tripod one day. Excellent. Hey, did you lick it? I didn't lick it. Did you lick don't it? Don't be ridiculous. No, Not I was, the first time you've asked him. I was shooting and <laughs> I, I left the camera outside doing a time lapse while I sat in the van in the warm. It was so cold. And I went outside without my gloves. I got halfway to the camera, which is about 50 meters away, mm. before I realized I forgot my gloves. And I, th- I was like, oh, it doesn't matter, whatever. It's quicker to just grab it because it's so cold. or just grab it and get back rather than messing about. And I picked the tripod up and it was stuck. Like, I, I can't quite describe the feeling. It's not like it was glued to you, but you know it's mm. stuck. Sure. <laughs> and so I'm walking back to the van trying to just gently move my fingers away from the metal of the tripod. Mm. It was only the metal, obviously. There were rubber bits in there that was fine. And I had to just sit inside the van for a couple of seconds before I could get my hand off it. Oh, wow. It was weird. Mm, is yeah. what it was. It was weird. It wasn't, yeah. I think we've all had our tongue stuck to an ice cube when we were a kid. Or is ice that just, cube? Is that just me? Uh, street light. Street. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we used to do, man, as kids. Yeah. Street light. Yeah, street lights, yeah. Okay. Yeah, street lights and, um, you know, like like road signs and stuff like that. What? Yeah, so 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 this is like a thing. Dif- dif- different world in the south of Germany. Yeah, when we were kids, because it gets, you know, we have, like, you get minus 20 minus 20. Yeah, in, inland is bad. That's why we don't get it so bad in England. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're not, there's mm-hmm. nowhere that's properly inland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the middle of Europe, so cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty freezing. <laughs> but, so one of the things that we used to do, yes, uh, one of the sort of, you know, the challenges or whatever, um, as a kid was that you get somebody to, to basically put, put their tongue at um you know a street light post or something like that which is metal and then of course it'd be hilarious if the tongue goes like yeah. of course it's gonna stick yeah of course so you know it's just one of these one of these kids things you do and how'd you get it off uh, well it doesn't really matter because everybody else just starts running away brilliant <laughs> no, <laughs> no one's got any, any uh, warm water wow <laughs> you just breathe in it i mean that's that's one of the things you can do but um but yeah um, like I said, I don't. So, I don't so you could be like, this. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very much, and it hurts like hell. I mean, it does actually. Yeah, hurt like hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I didn't do that. Good, just my hand on the tripod. I remember like taking, you know, um, taking a dog out and taking a taking a cup of coffee outside, and just walking the, walking the dog for a few minutes, looking at my coffee, the the, the coffee that was hot when I. You know, when oh, it took yeah, it no, that was another, that was annoying. <laughs> then it's frozen. Make you know. a coffee, mm-hmm. go outside, take a photo, and then like go to sip on your hot coffee. And it's not hot anymore. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not even like warm, it's just cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard work. You got to think about things in the Arctic so much more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so now that you're back, and we go, we, we go into the whole story as to how 
it, how, how you know how it happened that you had to come back sort of thing. Mm. Um, but now now that you're back here in a relatively moderate climate, do you do you feel like you can just uh, go in a t-shirt? Well, I, I, <laughs> right I went to three-legged thing the other day to swap out some gear and see the girls in the office there. And I was in a t-shirt and they were like, oh, you can tell you've been to the Arctic. Like, it, it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comparatively speaking. Uh... There's obviously something wrong with me. I know I'm in a fleece right now, but yeah, no, there's, it, it's, it's a big climate uh, shift, isn't it? Mm. Moving from like so cold for three months. Like this, this pain that I was describing around here, it stayed for six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it was that Wow. Cold. Yeah. So coming away, driving south and coming away from that was like quite nice. Yeah. And so everything suddenly felt really warm. Mm. But it wasn't, it was like, it was just because it wasn't minus 20, minus 30. It was yeah. just like minus five. Being in Iceland, going from, um, going from the Arctic, driving down through Sweden, getting to Denmark and then flying back to Iceland. Iceland felt like really moderate, mm. really mild um sorry and yeah but it's just it's relative isn't it it's just mm. relative mm. you know what the, the other thing that um that i found really quite interesting but when i was following your travels was mm. that you know you managed to not only do all the driving and you know getting to places and you know and, and traveling and everything else and then you know dealing with all the like the weather and the climate and the circumstance and everything else but um and you know and doing the work that you do as in like finding locations, photographing mm -hmm. them and all the rest of it and planning all that. But you also then at the same time documented the whole thing in your YouTube series. So that on its own, and, and that being said, you'd never actually done it before. So that was a new yeah, thing for you right, right yeah. from the start. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I know how much, how much time and effort and mm. work it takes to make. You have to make it a habit. That's yeah. what you yeah. have to do. If you stop, if you break that habit, it all goes wrong. Mm. It is, and that's it, isn't it? It's one thing going to a job and intentionally making a video. Yeah. It's a totally different thing doing what you do and at the same time camera, yeah. constantly trying carrying to Carrying it around with you everywhere. Yeah. You, I mean, going... you were doing it today, right? Yeah. And, and, and we know this because we failed miserably at that, actually, yeah. in the past. We're shockingly bad at it. Yeah. I mean, our first our first trip where we decided, um, you know, again, we've mentioned this several times on, on, the, on the show, of course, when we had our first anniversary episode, like episode 52, um, you know, we decided we wanted to go to London mm -hmm. um, and do some street photography and actually make an episode um, in London, you know, where we'd go around London and we, we shoot different places. Um, it was like be a really great idea. You know, mm -hmm. it was different. It was just at a time when um, things were opening up and we could actually get outside. So we just spent this whole year in lockdowns and whatnot. Um, and that was our idea. And of course, we we got to London, and I think we're both so like overwhelmed by the fact that this was the first time we'd been in town in a whole year, mm. and we could actually you know experience a little bit of freedom again and all that kind of stuff. Mm. That we managed to film two and a half minutes. <laughs> it's, really hard. It's, it's hard, you know. It's really we used hard. it all. <laughs> yeah, we used it, we used it all in the end. But it, it, you know, we ended it up is, having it's to. It's really hard. You have to yeah. you have to get into the mindset that you're. It has to become a way of life. If you're going to be yeah. a YouTuber that's vlogging and documenting everything that's going on, you literally have to film everything that's going on. Yeah. Mm. But then after you figure that out and you form that habit and you make sure that happens, the next bit that you have to think about is transitioning 
from one bit to the next to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. There's a story, and it has to be a story. And I'm I'm no I'm not very good at it because I was like a, like you said I haven't been doing it for very long. It was all new to me, but I figured out that there has to be a story. Mm. And so you, your each episode has to go through this story and builds up to something and explains what's going on and shows the journey and you know it, it's, a video mm-hmm. goes that way, doesn't it? And figuring out and remembering what did what's the last thing I said every time you pick up the camera so that you mm. use the right connecting word or, or put the right piece of the story back together. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's the hard bit. Mm. Everything about YouTube is pretty hard, actually. Yeah, tell yeah. us about it. Agreed. Really? <laughs> but the, yeah, those two things are the, are the, the making the habit and making the transitions and the, and the connections between each video that you do, or each piece that you do each, for the sequence. It's really tricky. Mm. Really but, I mean, and ultimately you're doing it in a harder way than most because most people's, if you look at 99% of the videos that are out there all in one location or oh, about yeah. one Sat thing over a or table or whatever they might one, be. Yeah, yeah you I know? see what you mean. But you're, They're not doing it over the course of a week. No, not necessarily. It's quite, it quite rare. It, it, it does tricky. happen, of course, mm. but yeah. it's yeah. pretty rare. So you've much... made your life hard. Thanks. Yeah, no, I have. How much... <laughs> so how much pre-planning does go into like each episode? Um, generally, I try and make sure there's something interesting in each one, which means there's got to be something interesting each week, something engaging, stimulating, mm-hmm. something new. Is um, well, that... I don't know if that's a thing actually, because new things, something someone hasn't seen before, the Northern Lights, for example, is interesting, but something familiar can sometimes be equally as interesting. Yeah. Also, I mean, I think, you know, when... So I don't know if that's a thing. The longer you, you know, the more episodes you you make, um, you know, the fewer new things there actually are. Yeah. Because, you know... Also, it's got to be interesting to me Mm. to make it. So now I'm back in the UK. That's hard. We were Mm. talking about this earlier. Something that you're used to. Uh, right, look at let's look at it from the perspective of travel photography. Travel photography is something it's a it's a photo that makes you want to go somewhere. And when you shoot travel photography, it's a lot easier to do it in a location that's new to you or away from the normal location you're in. So I grew up around here. And so this area around outside is from the perspective of being a travel photographer, boring to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But a tourist coming, excuse me, a tourist coming in here and seeing all this Windsor Castle over there mm. and the river and Eton College, all that for the first time, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's not to me though. No. To me, I want to see icebergs and northern lights and mountains. Mm. And so that um, figuring out the balance there is similar to the work done by a travel photographer, where you're you're not necessarily showing travel but you're showing a destination Hmm. and some shooting it in such a way that someone wants to be there there's a big um connection between the two things and and converting that thought into the process thought process of of shooting a video to make it engaging and stimulating and make someone want to be there and using that in the planning of the video and building it into the the schedule if you like is sometimes hard work because this week I'm doing this. So we've started off this week's episode with me being on your podcast. And this clearly mm. is the most interesting thing Definitely you've is. done. Not only this week, 
but ever. all the other weeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then what I'm actually doing next is I'm going to the garage because the van needs an ABS sensor and a thing I can't remember what it's called that changes. So you know, like your you know your fan inside. Um, it goes zero, one, two, three, oh, four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine only works on four. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> None of the numbers in between work. So there's a resistor that changes the mm. amount of air. Okay. Mine's broken, so that thing needs fixing. Boring. Mm. Really boring. So I need to find some fun stuff to do. I don't need to find anything for me because I've got loads of work to do. Mm. I need to find something fun and engaging to show on the video. You could, of course, you know, since this is the world of, you know, make-believe, you could always fake something, like break a window on your banner or something and just say. <laughs> see that guy that jumped out of that plane? Speaking of that, you see that guy that jumped out of a plane for, a, like, likes? No. He flew up in a plane. I can't remember what the whole thing was, but he flew up in a plane over these mountains, middle of nowhere, and made out like his plane had some kind of an error and jumped out. But he was on his own. And the, and the plane's rigged to the rigged like you wouldn't believe with cameras. And the engine was still working when he jumped out of it. He's wearing a parachute. He was doing that. He's doing that for the likes. Mm. What's wrong with people? I know. Why am I going to break a window in my van for likes? No, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> but I will take it to the garage and get my heater <laughs> yeah, fixed. Yeah, but exactly. Likes. For likes. Yeah. So, I mean, now you're like something like 20 21 episodes yeah 21. in um do you i mean has it gotten easier to make those episodes and, and also like how uh, how has your process of changed over, over that time um because again you've got to fit this all of this in yeah this gen- all so it comes out on a sunday evening and the video will generally get edited on saturday night or sunday afternoon mm. um the process of filming the videos has not got any harder or easier. It's always just a bit tricky. Um, it becomes more about making the content. That bit's just that. That's just the same. Mm. Processing and editing the footage into a video that makes sense. That's got easier because I'm learning the software, learning video type stuff, editing stuff. I mean, I'm no, I'm not great at it but i'm learning how to do it and so obviously it's becoming easier telling the story and like learning like taking a a segment and having the sound cross over while the video picks up to the new one and all that sort of video all that stuff Mm -hmm. sorry yeah that stuff yeah Yeah. see that stuff that i'm learning about how even if i don't know what it's called i'm learning how to do it so that side of it is um I bet it's stuff better. like that that feels actually feels quite natural to do. Whether you know the terminology or, yeah. or whatnot, mm. you know it from watching stuff anyway. Yeah. And think, oh, what's wait, what am I hearing? Yeah, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. yeah, you also develop a different eye. You know, when, once you once you start video editing yourself, you know, the next time you watch something on TV or on YouTube or something, you develop that eye. Yeah, and you go, Oh, I see why they do. So this. I was always mm-hmm. looking at it from a photographer's perspective mm. and figuring out lighting and and compositions from. TV stuff and mm. movie stuff, but I was looking at it as a photographer, so I was picking out one thing from it. Mm. But now, with all the video stuff, I'm looking at entire sequences and scenes and everything else. It's really interesting. Yeah, right? yeah, 
Really yeah. interesting. It's a lot of work. Yeah, he's... that's the thing. It's a lot of work. Well, it's a lot of work mainly because you've got to deal not only with the visuals but also with the audio side of things. Yeah. you know, that's, and you can have you can have bad visuals, but you can't have bad audio. Yeah, you, that's the big thing that I've learned. Yeah, I can be out of focus and no one cares. If anything, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> but if the audio is wrong, that's it. Yeah. Switch off. Mm. Find something else. Yeah. So, I mean. It, do you still spend the same amount of time editing a video now, or has that process like? You know? No, that process is halved. Yeah, easily halved. So the first video I did, I spent like twelve hours editing it, mm-hmm. and I'm only twenty twenty one in now. On top of the other, the other the 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 pit stop videos require virtually no work because it's one piece to camera. Import it, put the music over the top, put the graphics in, easy. But the the story, the June North stuff, it's mm-hmm. I can get a forty five minute video edited in probably three four hours, maybe five. That's, that's, that's actually good going. Yeah. Thank you. Really, yeah, it's probably, probably good going. Yeah, yeah. It's particularly when you're talking you've, multiple you've clips, B roll and whatnot, knocking yeah. about. And, yeah, oh yeah, so yeah, I it's not... the way I do it is I import all the cameras into a file, so oh. there'll be the Insta three hundred and sixty. The G7X, the Sony 6400, the other HD camera. I just don't know what it's called. I've got a, I've got a good HD camera. <laughs> it's a Canon. <laughs> um, and then iPhone and then drone so, and GoPro. So each, yep. a folder for each camera. Yeah. Then a folder for the music and then a folder for the graphics. Yeah. And then I'm just sort of filling it all in, making yep. it make sense. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It was it was really the same sort of learning learning curve, I guess, you know, for us, um, you know, filming this this podcast. Mm. Like from the very beginning through to through to now, you know, we've gone through X amount of different sets. Um, we've experimented with, you know, multiple camera setups with three cameras at one point. Um That was unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we, we tried different things because we thought like, oh, you know, we want to make it better. And that, that was always the thing that we were like striving for. It was like we always wanted to improve, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the very beginnings when, you know, we were filming ourselves in our respective homes. And then we'd, you know, I'd send my files over to Nick, for example, which I'd filmed with my camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Nick had filmed himself with a different camera. And then we had the zoom as well and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember the very beginning, we were both pretty much like moving around our houses as well, just trying to find different places where we could film mm-hmm. ourselves and how to do it and how to light it. The very, very beginning, I remember I was like building this elaborate background, like with a, with a backdrop mm. and, um, and I, get, I had it planned and I had like a light in the background and all that kind of stuff, you know? And then over time, the whole thing just, you know, we simplified the process because it took like an hour and a half to set up mm. at the time. And of course, that's good because you only got this. You only took an hour and twenty to get this ready. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, but the thing is, um, you know, we what we did do is we kind of streamlined the the process, you know, yeah. over time. Yeah. And then when um, you know, once we had that locked in, then of course, the whole, you know, the world opened up again, and we could actually be in the same room again. And then mm. we had a slightly different setup where we had three cameras. We had loads of light, and it, every week it seemed like we were using more and more lights. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, at first it was just one overhead light, you know, one key light, and then 
then we had like oh we put some we thought like oh why don't we just put some side lights in and then we started lighting the back the background yeah, as well get the walls blue and pink get it all in mm-hmm. there. well back then yeah. we used to light we used love to in the pink we used to it's light good, um do you like that that was my idea we used to like different uh <laughs> different elements of the backdrop do you remember we had like little led lights and big led lights and all mm-hmm. the rest and then it really got to the point where it was like literally setting up a whole studio like every time mm. and then the penny dropped and we kind of thought like well okay how can we simplify the whole thing mm. and get and get an actually a, a better result and so when you know when nick came up with the idea of actually just using one main camera and we position ourselves next to each other so we're looking at the camera but we're talking to each other you know we're still talking to each other but we're also sort of looking at the camera at the same time mm. then um then all of a sudden everything fell into place because then literally it was it just we just managed to reduce everything down to one key light mm. um and and one background light with a gel and that was it and to be honest i mean compared to you know and this is not the setup that you're seeing right now by the way it's just our standard setup um in comparison whilst probably previously it took us about an hour or something for both of us to set everything up now it's probably 15 minutes really we, yeah, we can set up in 15 minutes yeah. yeah you know and the end result's actually better than it was before mm. it requires a lot less uh, post-production because now you're just editing one camera rather than having to cut three cameras together um for, for, from a pure technical aspect mm. it requires no editing yes within reason mm. other than top mm. and tail plus yeah. some overlays and whatever and the yeah. might, might be going on um whereas had we even had ex- even if we'd had exactly the same setup back at the start mm. the editing was still significantly more because of the number of stops and starts that we had oh let's, re- let's just do that yeah. again this of course Perfect, you know we weren't used when to talking I, yeah, to camera yeah. weren't used to doing that type yeah. of thing but now so, i used to, get, I used to do a through. podcast what, back in the day the hybrid photography podcast mm-hmm. and i very quickly learned that you do not stop you don't go, oh, I'll just do that again. Oh, that sounded funny. You just carry on. You just power through. Yeah. yeah. And, and the same thing with video. Um, when you're talking to a camera, try, especially when you're trying to teach something, it's kind of like you have to think like you're on stage in, in front of a live audience because otherwise you're going to mm. stop and think, yeah, that didn't sound quite right. That isn't exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. Or, or sometimes you can trip over the script you've got in your head, the little script that you've got thinking about what you're going to say. And you can't do that. And the, the thing is, the reason you do stop is because of what you think you sound like. But the only person who knew what you were going to sound like was you. No mm-hmm. one else That's watching right. or listening yeah. Yeah. knew what the script was. And so it's not wrong. Yeah. But I think it, it, it's only wrong in your own perception of yourself yeah. and you're just judging yourself yeah. and making it really bad you have to just carry on talking and so it's a process you learn obviously um you know it took us i don't know i mean the, the reality i mean the way we approached it really from the very beginning was that we figured look if episode 10 is better than episode one we're winning you're winning yeah, yeah. and the episode 20 is better than episode 10 and yeah. so on and so forth and you know that over time has proven to be the right um recipe because actually it means that or it meant that it was relatively easy for us to just carry on doing it. Mm. And we just naturally progressed, you know, and I remember again, we've mentioned this many times on the show when we first started, when we first had the idea to, to put this podcast together and we started discussing it. Um, you know, we, we thought up so many problems, so many obstacles 
that it would have been really quite easy for for us to talk ourselves out of the whole idea because mm. you know it, we could just sounds like hard work yeah it sounds yeah. like hard work yeah. it also sounds like oh there's one problem then how do you do this and how do you do that and we don't know how to do this and then but but if we do it this way then this happens and how do we do how are we going to deal with that and blah blah and um you know and at some point there was just this, this thought that actually you know well just screw it let's just do it and mm-hmm. we'll just figure it out mm-hmm. and of course you know yeah you look back at early episodes you know we can see that now very it's very blatantly obvious now of course but now you know we're and now you're further down the road and people are looking at this newer stuff hmm. yeah that's better and we, we couldn't be here unless we'd done all of that yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. that's right yeah. you know I've, I've, I've watched people i and I, I can't get on with the idea of just well let's just wait until it's a hundred percent before we actually release mm. anything right. and this is the same with people who re- try to release music or never actually re- release mm-hmm. music i should yeah, say okay. really it's the same um i, I know a couple of people who have wanted to have created a product of some description or a, a way to sell something mm. and wanted it to be perfect and they've missed out on nine months worth of potential sales mm. because some plugin wasn't quite ready to go mm. or something like that on the website whatever mm. it might have been sod that people yeah. can see through the fact that it, it okay it's, it might not be a hundred percent yeah but it's mm. the effort that's going into it and the commitment's going into that. it that the, the, the result is there for people that's yeah. all they care about yeah i think the thing to realize it's is the that thing for the youtube yeah and if, i think you what, know if you want to do a youtube video the only way to do it is just do a damn YouTube video. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's this <laughs> realization that, that we, as, as, as human beings, we grow, yeah. you know, over time. And and, uh, and that's true for any creative endeavor that we that we undertake. You know, I think um, no matter which, what pro- whenever you get involved in a long-term project, I think you realize that, you know, the by the end, you're always producing better work than you did at the beginning. And that's mm-hmm. just because you've grown with the project, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just generally how it works. Yeah. So. There are YouTubers out there or, or, or like who will remove early videos. Mm. And I can, I can understand the the reasoning behind that. I personally don't agree with it. And the reason I don't agree with it is because, and I guess this comes from having, you know, I've done a lot of training over the years and, and things like that. And I'm all about wanting to teach other people and and i see that as one a huge teaching opportunity for mm. people a learning opportunity where they can see uh, well this is you know take the podcast as an example this is a podcast that i listen to and i, I, I enjoy listening to and i enjoy watching mm. but two two years ago or 90 what do we say it was now 96 96 episodes ago yeah. actually in, in, by comparison it looked crap. By comparison, it didn't sound as good. No. By comparison, no. the content probably wasn't as good. For but sure. At the time. But at the time. Yeah. Best thing ever. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, also, as, as something we mentioned at the very beginning of, of this episode is, you know, it's it's all about your your own intent, you know, your intention. Exactly. Um, again, for us, it was more like, you know, we, we started the podcast not because we we really thought about an audience or anything like that we we started this podcast because at that point in time given the circumstances that we were in we needed to do something for our own mental well-being mm-hmm. and you know that that was the 
the perfect catalyst. Mm. Um, everything that followed from there on was just, you know, that just sort of happened in a, in a sense. Um, you know, but at that time, it was literally just, we got to do something, otherwise we're going to go stir crazy. And uh, it, was, it, sounded, it seemed like a good idea at the time, basically, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, That's I mean, a just, good idea. you know, as a, I think as, as a little piece of advice, you know, for anybody who's toying with the idea of either, you know, uh, starting something on YouTube or starting a podcast or starting, you know, getting started with, with just with any creative endeavor, really, it is, you know, that just it, do it. Just you do it. You have to just do it. Done is better because than Because if you wait it's... until you're ready, yeah. then you'll be waiting forever. Yeah, yeah. you'll never be ready. Yeah. So you just got to do it. Yeah. My first YouTube video, terrible. Massive gaps in it. Like putting too much emphasis on certain things and not enough on the right things. But just did it. Yeah. And it worked. And the next one was better. And the next one was better. And the next one was better. And it just carried on. Now, hopefully, this one's going to be really good. That's going to be coming out of, you know, you guys this week. This is going to be the best. <laughs> it's going to be the best. <laughs> but yeah, you, the only way to do it is just do it. Because if you wait until you're ready, you're never going to be ready. So you'll be waiting forever. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, you know, if you want to travel the world or travel the arctic in a van yeah you if you no, honestly like people go oh, i really want to go to iceland and see the northern lights i hear it all the time obviously mm. because i churn out so many pictures of iceland and the northern lights mm. just do it what are you waiting for just do it just get there rent a car book a hotel do it because mm. if you keep waiting you'll be waiting forever and it might never happen Good bit of advice. Good solid bit of advice there. Yeah, it is. You better do it soon because you know, since <coughs> before yep. nuclear winter. Yeah. <laughs> nuclear winter. Fuff. Well, <laughs> changing the subject back from nuclear winter. For the next six years, the Northern Lights are going to get stronger and stronger and stronger because the solar cycle um, is building back up. The uh, activity on the sun is getting big. There's been some huge geomagnetic storms already this season, and uh, it's getting it's going to be strong. So it's an eight-year cycle. I was going to say, is that a normal thing yeah, to, yeah. to happen? Yeah, the, yeah. We've just gone past solar minimum. We're on our way to solar maximum. Uh, it's going to take about six years to get there, right, including right. this year. I'm going to wait for five years before I go then. Just get there now. What are you waiting for? <laughs> if you wait forever, it will never happen. Have you yeah, not listened? But they're going to be stronger <laughs> in five years' time. <laughs> <laughs> just go we do need to do that, though. Or... I think Better actually, still, we go now, get some practice. I think your readers, that's what you call people that listen to a podcast. I think your readers. <laughs> 97 episodes. That's totally new to me. New to me. <laughs> Google it. Trust really? me. Anyway, I think your readers should let us know whether the three of us should go to Iceland or Norway on a little adventure to a, a, a camera shake excursion, nice. if you like. What I heard was. Dave's paying. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you have you got a sponsor? Do you have a sponsor? We do not. Ninety-seven like episodes in. Would you like to sponsor? If anyone us? wants to sponsor the Camera Shake podcast, they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> we are ready. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we you know we've gone to Wales before, mm. <laughs> and Birmingham, yeah. Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, wasn't quite. Was it? Well, all right. It was like an inch into Wales, wasn't it? 
Wales. Well, it, was, it was Wales. It was, oh, Wales. It was, it was Wales. Yeah, it was Wales. A couple of feet into Wales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can tick it off your list. You've been to Wales. I was made to go to Wales before. It's fine. How many countries have you been to? Do you know? I can tell you. Go on. I have an app. Is it called Bean? Uh, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've visited 9% of the world. How do I change that to 9%. 22. 22. Ooh. Okay. So I think that's reasonable. That's reasonable. reasonable. That is reasonable. So make it 23. Let's go to Iceland. Or Siberia. Don't go to Siberia. It's the same temperature. You can't use <laughs> your MasterCard. Oh, no, too hard. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Or our phones. Uh, or if anything. Mm. No Facebook, no Instagram, no news. Yeah. No, f- no food. You wouldn't actually be able to. Food. Well, here's the thing, right? So, yeah, okay. So, we wouldn't be able to make a podcast episode. Like, we wouldn't be able to upload anything to YouTube. No? Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. So, yeah. But this actually it brings me to the other thing that I've been wondering about, you know, for all that time I've been following your YouTube channel is mm. when you're out there, like you're out in the prairie, right? Yeah. In some avalanche Arctic storm thing, mm. right? stuck in the ice and the snow and everything else and you're you know you're putting your episode like you're putting your episode together for that week mm. and it comes up to sunday how the hell do you upload that stuff it's still 4g mate <laughs> right. so um the van's got a router in it right um, that's a lot of gigs on 4g yeah yeah it's like well that's, that's two two to three gigs per episode i have to say though some of the 4g um, like Wi-Fi kind of units. Units? What am I talking about? Units. Wi-Fi. Routers. Or it was. Router. You know you can get the, the mobile broadband that you can yeah. get for your house. Oh, it's yeah. just run off a of SIM card. Yeah, Vodafone keeps sending me stuff about that all the time. I, I've seen them getting almost as fast upload that I'm getting here on Virgin, like super, super duper fast. Yeah. Mm. It's not quite there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. really close. Well, it's like what, 90% of it. So that's what I have in the van. Sometimes I can upload it in no time at all, but it, I have to find good sure. locations. But I will go out of my way to do that. So if I'm if I'm ready to upload and I've got time limits, then I'll move down the road or I'll find somewhere that's got the strong connection and get it done. Yeah, but it's not hard. Mm. There's in Norway and most most other countries apart from the UK, the infrastructure on mobile phones is so much better. There's mm. signal in every tunnel and there's full full signal on 4G everywhere you go. It's, mm. we're, we're not very good at it. The Faroe Islands, I don't know how many people are there. It's a tiny, tiny country mm. spread over 18 islands in the middle of the North Atlantic and they've got full coverage on every square meter of those islands. Well, that's not surprising. You've got, you know, not very many people on lots of islands. They're going to have to watch porn. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, they're quite proud of their their mobile. And it is amazing. And we can't get it right. I get one bar here. (laughs) Yeah, this area is particularly crap, actually. Yeah. Shockingly, yeah. but I tell you another reason why it's um, because of the college. Another but... reason why 4G um, internet wouldn't work for me at, at my place actually is because although the 4G is actually very strong wherever you are in the house, there's one spot in the house where it doesn't work, and this is the most annoying spot ever. And that's in in the toilet. No, it's in the bathroom, but it's <laughs> okay. no, it's fine in the toilet. Fine in the toilet, 
But that side of the bathroom is fine. It's the other side, you know, where the sink is. Um, we have a window in front of the sink. And basically, when I put my phone on the windowsill, when I want to watch something whilst I'm brushing my teeth, the bloody sink is... watching <laughs> stuff while they're brushing their teeth? <laughs> Me! Sink. It's boring. I mean, why would you? You know? It's but, two minutes of your life. <laughs> I know. Several times a day. But it's... Several like, times. <laughs> But oh. yeah. there are bigger problems out there. I know, I'm sure there. But <laughs> you spend far more time the other side of the bathroom sat down. <laughs> I assure you. But yes, and again, the signal is you know is is there. It's comfortable, but yeah. on you know where you know is what well, it's, it's, you so, can... Shall I help here? The answer is I will drive to somewhere where there's four G. Brush the teeth there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well. I don't remember last time I brushed my teeth in the bathroom. I walk around the house brushing do my you? teeth. Oh, no, do, yeah. no, that's, that's actually that's sort of um, that's a, a you've been banned you from that, haven't you? No, it's a pet peeve that I have. No, I don't do it anywhere because I can't stand it. But um, but I have to constantly ban my my daughter from from doing that because my my youngest daughter Cara she likes to, she likes to brush her teeth, walk around and chat. Oh, chat! All right, yeah, chat is a little little tricky. <laughs> so it's like you know she she doesn't necessarily do it anymore. When she was when she was little, and so um. You know, so there's there's this trail of of toothpaste. Oh, no, that's not good. Wow, over the sink. Oh, yeah. good. I know, I know how to piss you off the next time. <laughs> well, I'll yeah. use your toothbrush as well. <laughs> oh, nice. <Wow>. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I put it. I like that on our on our little camping trip. Actually, that was that was quite what, funny. Sharon toothbrush. Well, no, the whole like the whole thing of like brushing teeth in the in the forest. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah. That's all right. Did you like it when I cuddled you while we were brushing our teeth? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Into that, yeah. yeah. Electric toothbrusher, no matter where you are, even if yeah. you're in the middle of the woods, it has to be done. So yeah. like it, I know, like it. What did you just walk into? <laughs> What's going? You were still asleep. Am I still on the Camera Shake podcast? <laughs> you're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We seamlessly cut to another one that we do. It was seamless, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Anyway, so mm. so now you're back in the UK, obviously. Um, what What's your plan for the next sort of three to six months? Um, I have seven weeks until I need to leave the country again on a plane. So in those seven weeks, I need to come up with a plan. It all depends on what happens this week with um, the van. Um, fuel prices mm. <laughs> after that. But I'm thinking Wales to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be cool to get back up to Scotland again, uh, maybe over to the Isle of Harris or the other island next to the Isle of Harris, which is called... It begins with a D. Anyway, up to Scotland, um, maybe into the islands, the Isle of Skye perhaps, um, and then I need to be back uh, down south to catch a plane over to um, California. Um, uh, uh, Russell Brown's Rock and Roll Reunion, which is an Adobe event, is uh, in April. I'll be speaking there, and I'll also be doing some other bits and pieces there. And then I'm going to go to Texas for three weeks. I might mm-hmm. go to Florida as well and shoot a Kelby One class. It depends if they approve the pictures I've put in. This is all part and parcel of the business of photography. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be back for a couple of weeks and then I'm heading to France in June, hmm. um, helping my friend Peter, who's riding to Paris, weirdo. On a bicycle. On a bicycle. In spandex. In spandex. 
Um, Pink spandex. We, floor, we, probably we, we floor, know, Peter. Probably floral print. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So I'll be I'll be doing that, being his support vehicle, and uh, and then I'll depart from Paris on another Schengen adventure. But because it's going to be June, June, July, August. I'll probably go to the Dolomites, the Alps, maybe the Pyrenees. I'll okay. probably head to the south of France, get the lavender fields, all that yeah. fun stuff, mm. the Tuscany. There's all this cool stuff to do there then. So, but, but here's the thing, though. I mean, although that does sound really cool. Hmm. Um, so if you're leaving in June, because you can be uh, you can be in the Schengen area for three months, right? And then you have to come back 90, for three months. 90-day rule, yeah. 90 yeah. out of every 180 days. Right, okay. So it's basically 90 in 90 out. Yeah. Okay, so, so June, so it's June, July, August. Then you're going to have to come back. Uh, September, October, November, and then December time would be the first opportunity for you, for you to get back out. Is that right? Yeah. So I I might not go for a full three months. Right. I might cut it short. It depends what happens, obviously. But um, I might cut it short so that I can go back over for the December, January, February period mm. for northern lights and snow and mountains and stuff. Mm. But considering I don't really know what's going to happen this week, I think that's a guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll look at the more immediate things. Yeah. Get the get the work out of the way. Get all the get everything done. Get the van sorted. Get all the writing done. Get on top of everything. Yeah. Um, and then think about that. So based on your like, so the next thing uh, really is America. Based on your previous experiences. Um, or the, or based on the experience that we, you know, the stuff that we talked about earlier about mm. your van, are you planning any sort <clears> of <throat> modifications to the van before no. you take it back out? You just, it's fine the way it is. Mm. You, I mean, you asked me, so I answered, mm. but it's not something that's been burning on my mind or anything that I'm like desperate to change. Mm. So it's, it's fine the way it is. So, yeah. What I have been thinking. Paint it pink. Four by four. Well, oh, okay. Like not a, a snowplow like on the front. Like a, well, that's a good idea. Like a pickup <laughs> truck, though, or something like that. Mm. Super cheap. Super cheap. Yeah. But you might not necessarily want to take that into the Arctic, though. You definitely want to take that into the oh, Arctic. Oh, okay. That's what they're for. Right. <laughs> Super cheap. Um, but yeah, no, I, no, no changes. No. Mm. The van's fine. Cool. Just needs a new sensor. <laughs> Other than that, it's great. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Cool. So the one thing we haven't actually covered yet mm. is why you ended up coming back. <clears throat> um, so can, the, can you describe it in one word? Shit. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something wrong yeah. with your toilet. No. <laughs> he, he said shit, it's not shitter. <laughs> with the okay, shit. so after, after being in the winter wonderland of Norway... Iceland, Finland, Sweden, Lapland. And then going down to Eastern Europe, it was a massive contrast. Um, my exit from the Schengen area, because of this 90-day rule, was into Croatia. So that the, the border from... Um, uh, it's, well, no, let's look at it again. We've already said it once. <laughs> the, the border from Slovenia into Croatia was the exit to the Schengen area. And so the plan was to go to Turkey. Um, so I was driving down the Croatian coast, the Adriatic coast, having a quite a nice time, to be honest. Nice blue yeah, water. Absolutely. All that sort of stuff. Um, that was cool. But then I was uh, heading inland and I got into Bosnia. 
and I'm not insured. The van's not insured in Bosnia. And so I had to buy border insurance to cover cover the van and they wouldn't sell it to me. I don't know why. Um, they checked my passport. They searched the van and I kept saying, I need to buy insurance. I need to buy insurance. I don't have insurance. Phrasing it every possible way to make sure it wasn't lost in translation. And they just kept just going, nah, and said, go, go, go. <sighs> I don't know what to do at that point because I wasn't insured. I couldn't find a solution online. I couldn't find an insurance office to buy insurance. And so I'm without insurance in a in a country where there are police checks, traffic checks everywhere. So I just was not happy about that. Didn't want to get caught and just got through Bosnia as fast as I could. Bosnia as well. Apart, uh, Sarajevo, the capital, lovely place. Um, really like, I think the word that's used, like the generic word that used to describe every nice city is cosmopolitan. And it really is a cosmopolitan. Nice city is modern everything's cool the rest of the country you can still see the effects of the wars in the 90s yugoslavia the whole situation um it was just dirt everywhere roads are Mm. falling apart infrastructure is really bad and then i crossed into serbia and so i was happy to be away from my no insurance problem and i'm in serbia and it's still messy and i don't really it, it it it's still dirty. The roads are still bad. Um, but there were other problems. Uh, people were trying to break into the van. The va- Someone tried to break into the van in Serbia. I was driving down a road, and there's no real proper motorways or in, or highways. There's just normal roads that run through towns, and they're really busy. And they're not the infrastructure is bad, so there's no street lights. And I saw a dead body. Someone got hit by a, a lorry. Hmm. And the body's just there in the road. <laughs> and the police were there, but there was no cordon. There was no screen. The body wasn't covered. There was no, the person's dignity was not looked at, looked after. It was just there. And so that was weird. So I just thought, I, I, was, I was in two minds anyway about whether to carry on or whether to come back. And I thought, no, I'll carry on. I'm going to go to Turkey. So I crossed again, having had a really bad night's sleep because of the whole situation with someone trying to break into the van, not being able to find anywhere decent to stay. Campsite's closed because it's off season. So wherever I sleep, it's wild camping. Got into Bulgaria. And then on that night, two people tried to break into the van. Kidding. Serious. And I, so the first time in Serbia, I just made a load of noise and scared them away. But this time I got out. I was like, I'm ready for battle. Yeah. I got out of the van and faced up with two people. They ran away into the darkness. But as well as having the whole messy, dirty situation, I, when I say messy and dirty, it, there's literally just trash everywhere. Mm. It's not, I don't think it's anyone's fault in particular. I think it's like the system's fault. Like there's no proper mm-hmm. garbage disposal. Mm. or rubbish collection i think it's just like that anyway there's stray dogs everywhere this time and the last time i was in bulgaria maybe 10 years ago i remember there being stray dogs and i was reading in the newspapers the local media about packs of stray dogs killing people hunt like chasing them down and mauling really? them serious serious many, like, wow. like it's not many, made up many spaniels and pools oh, that's it and they um <laughs> that was still there that problem was still there and with everything adding up and the news 
being in a green van, Matt Green van in Eastern Europe with loads of military movements. I can't, I can't stress how many military movements. You know, you might see a convoy on the motorway every now and then. Mm -hmm. It was like constant. Everything was clearly building up. You could feel the tension. I was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I was restless. So at that point, I was like, no, I'm going back to England. Screw Turkey. Screw the rest of the plan. So I crossed into Romania. And the only reason I did that is because I had been to 49 countries. So if I crossed into Romania, that would be my 50th. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll go to Dracula's castle in the Carpathian Mountains, and mm-hmm. it'll be nice. But it turned out I was wrong. It was covered in crab. Oh, but to be fair, I just drove back from there to Dorset, mm-hmm. two thousand two hundred kilometers, and I just smashed it out one one big long drive with a sleep in the middle of it. Right. Your your van from a distance, it's easy to see how that could have been mistaken for a military vehicle. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. matte green, and it's mm-hmm. got military decals on it. Yeah. So yeah. And the, I, there were so many, there were troop movements, like mm. troop carriers, there were APVs, there were tanks on the back of lorries, just so many military convoys, like really big ones as well, mm. all throughout um, Germany, Austria, Hungary, Romania, all the countries that border Ukraine. Mm. And obviously Romania borders Ukraine and I was right there. And it just wasn't comfortable. You you could feel that something's going down. And mm. here we are. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm. Nice. So now I'm back in the UK. You did <laughs> two thousand kilometers in two days, basically. Yeah. So that's like sixteen hundred Yeah, sixteen hundred and something miles. So eight hundred miles, cheeky little nap. Yep. Another 800 miles. Yeah, I mean, say, I remember um, oh some God. years ago, um, you know, we did a we did an orchestral concert oh tour. From uh, we drove to we drove to Bud- uh, to Budapest mm. in one day and and That's back to Budapest. Yeah. And I was like, there was a 25 hour uh, mm. ride. Um, and I remember I was shattered. Yeah. By the end of that, yeah. there's just no. And that wasn't even me driving. It's just me being a passenger, basically. You yeah. Know? But there's there's no you would be more comfortable driving probably <laughs> there's no i mean well the thing is there is no way that that no comfortable way that you can sleep on a coach no there just isn't i've done know? it for 24 hours driving no. to last lane i've just i've terrible. just remembered that my ferry crossing back to england was in storm unit as well. oh yeah <laughs> oh that's <laughs> that's right oh yeah. my god it was so funny <laughs> all that topped it all up stuff, didn't it? Yeah. stuff everywhere on the ferry <laughs> like there was a till on the floor in the shop Hmm. And there was like the drinks cabinet, all the drinks were on the side. <laughs> yeah, we had this little period of three storms back to back, didn't we? Is it Dudley, Eunice, and. And. Fernley? Fernley? Yeah. I don't know. Fergie or Fernley, something like that. Frederick. Frederick. Um, Flanders. No, I'm out. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so my wife and I, during the first storm, my wife and I, well, we didn't know there was going to be a storm. But we decided to um, to go and spend a, spend a week in Wales, and it was based on um, our first trip to Wales. You mm-hmm. know, and I, I remember you know, calling my wife saying, "Like this is so beautiful. We should definitely come back here for like a long weekend, or you know, spend a little bit of time away from the kids, something." Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we had um, hired this little Airbnb thing, which was an old like a listed building, it was a waterhouse on the top of a mountain in Wales, not too far from where we were. Um, absolutely stunning 
beautiful. And of course, the day we arrived, the first storm hit. And then we literally spent four days sitting out the storm. Wow. And it was amazing. <clears throat> But we didn't get to see anything. We literally, we literally just spent saw rain in the inside of clouds. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we it was hilarious because this is the middle of a pine forest as well, and mm. we just, you know, where we were, we were basically on a level with the tips of the pine trees, mm. and so the vista was amazing. And actually, just being this house, uh, which was, it was actually, it was really fantastic. The like the comfort in that in that place and the way it was kitted out was amazing. It was supposed to have high speed internet. Mm. Uh, which it turned out it didn't because oh, okay. of the storm. They taken it out. But that's the only thing. Other than that, it was warm, it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, it had amazing skylights and the roof and stuff like that. You know, it's incredible. Mm. And just to, to be there and to sit to ride out the storm mm -hmm. was fantastic. Mm. You know, and yeah, we didn't see the area. We didn't manage to get out very much, but still we had a great time. You know, it was yeah. awesome. And no internet. That's the, the one. And only week that we ever missed an episode was because I was literally stuck without internet. And you couldn't was... do it on your own. We don't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that conversation. <laughs> we double team. That's how we roll. <laughs> Dave said the same thing to us on his podcast the other day. Uh, yeah. Did I? Yeah. Doesn't sound like me. Yeah. Not... <laughs> <laughs> so we have come to the end of this week's episode. This was episode 97 of the Camera Shake podcast. Zivin uh, and Neutik. Zivin and Neutik. <clears throat> exactly. So be reminded if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, then uh, you know leave us a star rating, give us a little bit of a review. That would be super awesome. Uh, but if you want to, I'm you can super. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to um, see our lovely faces in full Technicolor and uh, marvel at some of the amazing photos that um, that Dave has shot. Because they are marvellous. They are very marvellous. Um, then head over to youtube.com forward slash camera shake uh, where you can see us in full glory. With a pink <laughs> and blue background. Yeah, exactly. Very pretty. And you so. don't even notice the cats. They just blend in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you like cats, head over to YouTube. <laughs> anyway, so that is it. We've come to the end of uh, episode 97. We'll see you again next Thursday. Happy days. Okay, bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>